Hello and welcome to Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit. I am Melanie in California, USA, and with me is my beautiful co-host. Uh, hmm. uh, Danielle in the UK. <laughs> so, welcome to yet again another episode where we discuss random things. Before we get into our topic of the day, any updates? Update. We're going to start doing mini-sodes. Whee! Yeah, so the first one has been recorded and will be out on Wednesday, and it is about mer people. Melanie had much more to say and many more stories to share, so we recorded an extra, it's around 15 minutes, 20 minutes, of material for your listening pleasure. And we will be doing mini-sodes as and when we please, whenever we feel like whenever we have more to say. We- <laughs> whenever the fuck we want <laughs> yeah so there's gonna be no like set pattern to them they're just gonna come out randomly so uh you guys get a mini so this week yay also i'm still sick sorry about it mm. <laughs> i'm much better but if i just start hacking or again yelling it's because uh i'm i'm still semi-deaf in one ear <laughs> all right um before we get into uh forget I said that. How about a purge today, Danielle? <sighs> yeah, okay. Um, right, so I'm in a bit of a, a grumpy mood is the best way of putting it. I've been explaining to Melanie before we started to record that I might be a little negative and a little bit bitchy because I'm in the process of quitting smoking. Yeah. So throughout the podcast, you also might hear me um sucking on an e-cigarette i'm sorry if the sound grosses you out but literally need it to get through anything that is even mildly more energy depleting than looking at a television screen so i'm so grumpy that i have actually started a list of future purges because oh wow yeah because i've got so many things that are making me grumpy right now i'm taking advantage of it and her purges are going to get more and more curmudgeon <laughs> so I've got about like a month's worth of bloody no way more than that I've got I think I'm up to 13 damn yeah damn. 13 things that have annoyed me within like the last 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fun experience I'm sorry. I'm with you though. I because I've been sick, I've been uh, uh not smoking either. I've been using vapey, puffy things and uh yeah, it's different. Mm. We're in this together, lady. Yeah. It's just not the same, is it? I keep thinking about how much I want a sweet, delicious cigarette. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like imagining velvety soft chocolate. But it's not. But it's deadly. It's, it's deadly. <laughs> well, the puffy things that I use, they they hit like a cigarette. So it's got like salt and nicotine. So it hits the back of the throat like a cigarette. So you still have that urge to cough. And, the you know, so I like that because it at least simulates some of the discomfort of a cigarette. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm like kind of grateful for that. It makes, it, makes the uh, transition a little easier because at least I'm still hurting a little. Yeah, I don't know well, what science is there, but I mean, I'm we're pro- I'm sure we're killing ourselves in just a different way now. 
Um, yeah, in a flavorful way. In a flavorful, a way that is less obnoxious to other people and yet still obnoxious. Guys, you don't want us to smoke? Fine. But don't give us shit for vaping. <laughs> God, we can't win. No, we can't. Uh, whatever. What about you? Do you have anything to purge while I suck on my e-cig? <laughs> burble, burble, crackle, crackle. Mmm, <laughs> cappuccino. Ooh, mine's tobacco flavored, so it has a mildly chocolatey, coffee, coffee, coffee type flavor. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so uh, my purge is actually, well, I have a positive purge and a negative purge. Okay. Um, my positive purge is I've been watching a lot more horror movies, which, while that should be uh, surprising that I haven't watched a lot of horror movies lately, I've been in a pretty significant depression for the last couple years, mm. so movies I want to watch need to be funny. Right. So even my horror movies, I need to have like a solid, significant chunk of humor in it. So movies like Hereditary and The Witch and things like that, not super happy, fun, good time horror movies. No, not uh, at all. Not at all. They are some pretty fucking down ass movies. They're amazing, mm-hmm. but they are not. They they don't pick you up. They put you in a uh, very particular place in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> So I've, I've been watching more of those. Yeah. yeah, but I've been watching more of those and uh, really enjoying it. And it was, it's been really nice, just that sort of like, oh my god, that's right. I love horror movies. Like I love actual, the spooky, super unpleasant kind of horror movies. I just don't mm-hmm. like art, art house type, artsy horror movies. But that's just me. And uh, my negative purge is men cannot handle colds. <laughs> Are you talking about man flu? Yeah. I'm going to keep it small because I love my man and I know he's going to listen to this at some point. And so I'm not going to, I ain't going to talk too much shit, but men cannot handle colds (laughs) at all. Let's just say neither of us slept because one of us was sick. (laughs) I can't, I can't comment because I'm not the best person when ill. I make everything about me. And I just, I take advantage in the most fucked up ways. Like, I will, I think I get man flu myself. Though, I will be fair to myself for once. I do get up and get shit done. Yeah. You know, I, I, I you know, to, because I feel guilty when I'm sick. Ah. <laughs> See, I, I have no immune system on average just because no, of depression you don't. And, and whatever. No. I you get sick, I get have. sick hard. Yeah, Since I'm, I'm almost always sick. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah, I have no immune system. because Okay, so I have scoliosis. I have a bunch of physical ailments on top of my mental disabilities. When you're working through all of that every second of every day, you don't have a whole lot of buffer for bullshit. And you definitely don't have a lot of buffer for, uh, you know, fighting the common cold Mm. which will turn into fucking strep throat and an ear infection and just like it'll just go from zero to a hundred real fucking quick because i got no goddamn immune system so i'm always sick 
I, and when I'm like super sick, if I'm so sick that I can't actually move, yeah, I'll absolutely take advantage. I don't mind if you're sick, you want to nap, you want to rest. Absolutely. I got your back. But it's one of those things that cracks me up. Uh, whenever he has to blow his nose, for example, man, you can hear it down the fucking street. <laughs> And I blow my nose, it's like, <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> fucking windows are rattling, like, oh my god. <laughs> you know, he had an ear ear infection, his ear ache last night, and yeah, it hurt. I totally get that a hundred percent. But it's just like every second, it's just, oh, oh, oh. Girl, breathe. <laughs> No comment. Yeah, I'm just gonna stop. But I love I love him to death and, and he's feeling better, so everybody send all the white light and good joy vibes to my family, to my man, um, so that he can sleep and then I can sleep. I like sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, right. all right. Ready for a deep breath? Yes, please. All right. One, two, three. I wish I could hug you. What? Why? You look like you need a hug. Oh, thanks. Yeah, probably. I've been craving <laughs> the touch of human beings lately. I oh. literally said to Turner the other day, touch my foot. And I like reached my foot over to him. <laughs> I was like, just stroke my foot. No. Oh. want to be touched. We, we can cut this out, but I was talking to my, my mom about you and just how much I wish that I could like be there for you. And, uh, and hug you, because I love you. Oh, I feel the same. You know I'd be babysitting your kids. I know. I'd be making you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not I'd doing anything today. Watch my kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be teaching them all sorts of science shit, and you'd be like, no! Oh, I would encourage it. I'd encourage the hell out of it. Please. Well, you know, you don't want little spocks running around your house. No, Mom. I, I think you'll find that... You know, little know-it-alls. Okay, Willow's already like that. Oh, and okay. Griffin, Griffin, I love him. He's such a sweet, sweet boy. He's not very bright. So please, <laughs> please, <laughs> Spockify, my son. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I hope he doesn't listen to this in like 10 years. Oh, he will. Yeah. He'll be like, hey, Griffin, I mentioned you, and now you're just kind of dumb. I love you. <laughs> he's not dumb. He's, 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 yeah, no, he's just not very bright. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, that's fine. Let's not make any comments about gender or anything like that, because <laughs> girls are smarter. What? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week's topic is multi-haunts. One ghost, multiple locations. Mm-hmm. Yes. What does that mean? Uh, it means that you have one ghost that can haunt more than one place. Usually they haunt, uh, you know, most people when they when they die, um, if uh, this, this is all things that I'll probably touch on a little bit later. Oh, with the regular haunting, it's either the spirit of somebody who's deceased, usually in a traumatic way, um, or in my experience, I've seen a lot of times it's just sort of energy of a home or place. 
but in certain strange, random, well, not even random, uh, certain circumstances, one ghost, usually a famous person, will haunt more than one location. And I got some theories on that, but I'll cover that later. I'm not going to lie, I struggled so hard with this topic. Yeah, it was trickier than I anticipated. Oh my god, you can't Google multi-haunt, that doesn't exist in the Googleverse. No, that is my term that I came up with. (laughs) You can't Google one ghost, multiple locations, like, I did not, I could not find the right verbiage to take me to the locations I wanted to go. No. I was, I was just, ooh, ooh, I struggled. It does identify a hole in the research, so any parapsychologists out there want to get, get on that and collate all yeah. of the uh, known instances of, of, of multi-haunts, that would be really helpful. Thanks, guys. Yeah, well, and like I said, I, I wrote um, I wrote a thing about multi-haunts and why I think they happen, and I'll read that later, and maybe I'll write it down and put that on Google. So if somebody else has this question, maybe they can sort of find something that mm. isn't driving them crazy. So I had to take what I knew and try my best to find their flesh and bones. So taking us all the way back to our first episode, uh, which is Battlefield Ghosts, or Haunted Battlefields, I thought I'd mention Robert E. Lee. Mm-hmm. He's somebody most of us knew, um, but if you don't, for historical context, he was an army, uh, an American and Confederate soldier. He commanded the Army of Northern Virginia in the American Civil War from 1862 to 1865. Fun fact, Robert E. Lee was actually against secession from the Union and believed that slavery was evil. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. But he also believed... Yeah, he also believed, though, that God would sort out the slaves. That God would free them. Isn't that kind of what the Civil War was, then? Yeah, you know, you try and tell somebody that humans doing God's will is a thing, and that's just not quite what they were talking about, apparently. Uh, But he, he... I mean, he was a slave owner. But he did also believe that having slaves was, or that, yeah, slavery was an evil, but that it was God's job to sort it out, not man's. But when his home state of Virginia declared secession, he he fought for it. So, you know, I guess the evil wasn't too bad. We'll talk about passing the book, eh? Yeah, it was just, it's weird. Anyway, so Robert E. Lee is said to haunt a bunch of places, mostly battlefields, During the Battle of Gettysburg, the Confederates used the old dorm cupola of the Pennsylvania College of Gettysburg to observe the battlefield. Casualties on both sides were treated there. I think I may have even mentioned that this was one of the places where people were, like, knee-deep in blood, which was, you know, not strictly true. But the walls were covered in blood. This place was, it was well-saturated. Yeah. Yeah, for lack of a better word. And to this day, the campus is known to house dozens of spirits, a lot of people, you know, screaming in agony, having their legs amputated without any anesthesia, you know, dying and all kinds of fun shit. But one of the spirits at the one of which is said to be old Lee himself seemed to be looking out at the battlefield in the old dorm cupola. Now, this is a residual ghost, most likely a memory um, held by others. Not necessarily Robert E. Lee's own specific memory. Because remember, back then, it was like Robert E. Lee was a celebrity. 
he was he was the general to fight with or fight for. So um, my theory is that yeah that that ghost sighting there is not even necessarily his memory. It's the memory of everybody who stood in that cupola observing the battlefield with him. So there's that. Um, but then there's also his childhood home. This I thought was kind of interesting because, like I said, he's he's seen on actually quite a few battlefields. Getting details on that is a bitch. Did you know there's a song about Robert E. Lee's ghost? No. I do. You know why? Because anytime I tried to Google anything about it, that's all I could come up with. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> um, so then there was his childhood home. Now, Robert E. Lee had a less than ideal childhood. His father was a war hero turned alcoholic, gambler, and just all-around hellraiser, even ending up in debtor's prison at one point before dying when Robert was quite young. It was believed that he was abused and beaten pretty badly, but there's no evidence of it. I don't think it's that hard of a stretch to assume. Mm -hmm. As a child, he was moved around quite a bit, especially after his father died. And nearly all of his childhood homes are believed to be haunted by one or more Lee relatives. But there is only one said to be haunted by Robert himself. Oh, his childhood, yeah. <laughs> his childhood home on Orinoco Street in Virginia. So in 1967, a family moved into this Virginia mansion and immediately started experiencing things, like within the next week. During the day, during the day, mind you, finger up for emphasis. During the day, the family would hear giggling and the soft footsteps of a child upstairs. Is it just me or did I sound a little bit like Christopher Walken right there? During the day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I heard it and I couldn't walk away from it, apparently. A few times a day, they could feel him standing or walking nearby them. He would move things around. The wife was even said to have had a lighter thrown at her feet. One of my favorites is that a neighbor coming to visit apparently had snow dropped on her head from one foot above her. She was in the middle of the living room. Okay. <laughs> also, there's the apparition of a small black dog. It's seen playing in the backyard, sometimes alone, sometimes with a small boy. To this day, the giggling, the dog, the footfalls, and even the snow are reported. The snow has been reported like two or three times, just randomly dropping on someone's head in the middle of the living room. So how is this Robert E. Lee? Mm -hmm. Now, this house was said to have been one of the very few happy places of his childhood. This spirit is believed to be a child version of Robert E. Lee, the manifestation of his childhood joy. And Danielle rolls her eyes. <laughs> I might actually approve this one to go on fucking YouTube so that people can see me going. <laughs> it was a good one. So no solid. There was no subtlety there. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> um, and so the other ones I have, I didn't quite write down because I ran out of time. Because again, trying to navigate this fucking search was maddening. Yeah, I did notice that it was kind of like you kind of had to know what ghosts were known to haunt multiple places in order to search yeah, for so it. You had to know what ghosts you were looking for, where they were going to be, and their activity. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know those three things, you were not going to find information on it. Grr. Arg. <laughs> so. On the opposite side of the battlefield, we have Abraham Lincoln, one of the most famous ghosts of our country. 
Yeah. Yeah. Famously haunting the shit out of the White House, which is quite funny. He's got, there's so many anecdotes of Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln fucking with people in the White House. Um, I think most famously is Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me pull that up. While you're doing that, I just like to imagine Abraham Lincoln's ghost just kind of fucking with Trump all the time. I you know. know. And he's the reason why Trump's going progressively more and more insane. It's because he's being haunted to fuck by Abe Lincoln's ghost. We can dream, man. It's like moving his toothbrush around. Apparently the last sighting of Abraham Lincoln's ghost in the White House was like in the 80s. Um, Bush senior. Yeah. Yeah. Like Reagan or someone just just maybe drove him made him so mad that he was like all right fuck it i'm out of here <laughs> i can't even fix this yes I, what have you done british prime minister winston churchill according to accounts had just stepped out of a hot bath and was wearing nothing but a cigar when he encountered lincoln by the fireplace good evening mr president churchill reportedly said you seem to have me at a disadvantage yeah to which Abraham Lincoln smiled knowingly and then disappeared. But, I mean, so many celebrities, politicians, first ladies all have encounters with, with Abraham Lincoln's ghost. But at the same time, he's also said to haunt the Ford Theater yeah, and quite a few of his childhood homes or, you know, some of his, his homes that he grew up in. Yeah, when, when I go into my, my big thing, I'll discuss a little bit about why I think that happens. Because, I mean, there's 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 a few. There was Marilyn Monroe, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, which was another tricky one to fucking find. Every time I looked for Marilyn Monroe's ghost online, it was just articles about how we can still sense Marilyn Monroe, how she is uh, influencing everything still from beyond the graves. Like, no, that's not what I was talking about. I wondered, like, dead spirit, please. Google, understand me. I mean, for people, have you got any more for the end? Or have you just kind of exhausted that now? You're an Uh, example. I I have Elvis, but I want to use him as part of my point for um, when I do my my speech. I got a speech. All right. I have a very similar thing coming. Guys, embrace yourselves for cynicism. But uh, there was also, there's like Anne Boleyn. She infamously haunts yeah. loads of places there's a, there's a there's actually a website for that one so if you guys want to find out about Anne Boleyn if you just google so Anne Boleyn's ghost you'll find there's like a I think it's called hauntedrooms.com or something like that where it talks about yeah. about six locations she's meant to haunt um the Black Dahlia is meant to haunt quite a few places there's a hotel <gasps> in yeah there's a hotel in Hollywood that she's meant to haunt she's meant to haunt and uh, like she's supposed to walk up and down the street where her body was found and things like that. I kind of um, I mentioned that in my spiel as well, the Black Dahlia one. Who else did I know about? Yeah, I, I said about Elvis and Robert E. Lee. And, and the thing is, it's always celebrities as well. It, the most yeah. bizarre thing. But it makes sense, though, because how would you recognize your average Joe haunted <laughs> yeah. multiple places? You'd have to be famous to be able to be noticed. Mm-hmm. But, do you want me to go into um, the sort of the reason why the paras- parapsychological world believe what what explanation they have 
for um, multiple hauntings. Yes. Okay. So, according to paranormal researchers, like parapsychology, uh, which is a pseudoscience, because you can't actually apply the scientific method to this research, more on this in a minute, the explanation to how you can have the same apparent spirit haunting multiple locations is because of the theory that there are two types of hauntings, which Melanie touched on briefly before. One is called intelligent haunting and one called ritual haunting. In intelligent hauntings, the actual spirit of a dead person is lingering in the land of the living. Um, it has consciousness and it can interact. It hasn't crossed over to whatever is meant to be in the afterlife. And they are, the, the in, in, in essence, the spirit of the person. But what we're talking about is the second type, which is a residual haunting. In residual hauntings, there is no awareness or consciousness on the part of the ghost. It is simply an echo repeating itself. Yeah. And there is no actual person, so to speak, experiencing those moments. It's more like a recording. So that's how the paranormal, parapsychological world, so to speak, explains why the same person can haunt different locations but i'm going to go more into it parapsychologists again they're not scientists but they've given themselves a sciencey sounding name more on that in a minute hypothesize that this could be because as in hypothesize that residual hauntings is the explanation for multiple hauntings is because apparently yeah. negative emotions especially particularly horrible and traumatic ones release some kind of ethereal energy into the surroundings which gets absorbed into the environment or materials in the environment and is later replayed to be witnessed and experienced mm. um, also repeated and recurring actions can imprint themselves onto a site when a person does the same thing over and over and over and over, their energy leaves some kind of trace. And it's what and that is what people are going to sense long after the person who made those imprints is gone. And further, those recordings, now referred to as residual energies, can then also travel because their imprint is now permanently on the materials from which it was made. So if the materials are moved and repurposed, the recordings will still be played wherever that material has been moved to. Yeah. It means that the same person in life can imprint themselves on several places and be replayed after death. Okay. All right. So this is like the sort of three facets of that theory. It means that if, say, a murder took place in the hall of a castle, that traumatic and highly emotional event will be imprinted on the materials in the hall and will begin to replay itself over and over, which means haunted hall. Yeah. No intelligent haunting, just a recording of the event being replayed in the hall residually. But then what happens then 100 years later, the hall is demolished and the stone is reused to build a wall. That wall would still have the imprint of the murder and it could, in theory, replay at any point along that wall. Mm. So if that's true, it means that every single stone could have that capability, right? So there's a bit of a weird thing in there, but anyway. Yeah. Now, let's say that that person who was murdered was very old. And they had lived their whole life in a cottage, 100 miles away from the hall that they were murdered in. And every single morning, that person had done the same thing, walked to the same route from their bedroom to the toilet to take their morning piss and imprinted that repeated activity onto the cottage. And there yes. you have another type of residual haunting. So let's count that one person can now, in theory, haunt the hall in which they were murdered for 100 yeah. years. 
Then when that hall was demolished and a wall built, it now haunts the wall. And they haunt the cottage in which they lived because they've imprinted their habitual morning piss into the fabric of the building. Yeah. There's also this weird idea that certain types of materials, particularly stone like limestone, is more effective at successfully absorbing these energies. But, I mean, I'd like to see the data behind that assumption because yeah. it seems to be just as many ghosts are reported in, like, wooden-framed houses than in stone castles. But that's beside the point. Yeah. That is a really well-known thing about limestone, like, being this um, receptor for energy. It's complete bollocks. But anyway. Yeah, no, even yeah. as a wit, I totally disagree with that. I'm all limestone. No. It's like, No. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. As now, of which, the most most receptive and absorbent of of materials is water, and um, like glass and mirrors, things that have reflections. From a metaphysical place, just saying. Just don't throw that out there. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Absolutely fine. I'm, I mean, that makes more fucking sense to me than bloody limestone. I'm just gonna. Anyway, um, I have more than a few issues with all of this. Okay. Yeah. So bear with me. I do turn it around and I do try to get positive at the end. All right. <laughs> Every single part of this theory is completely made up. And each state of the theory is based on a previous assumption. So let's break this down. There is no scientific basis for the idea that we omit an energy other than heat. There is no scientific basis for the idea that, that that said energy can be A, absorbed, or B, imprinted into an environment. Mm -hmm. There is no scientific basis for the idea that some materials are more absorbent than others in regards to this energy. Yeah. There is no scientific basis for the idea that inanimate materials have the capability of replaying these energies. And therefore, if you're following the pattern, you'll know where I'm going with this. There is no scientific basis that those projections, so to speak, can then be seen, smelt, heard, or experienced by the living. Okay? So, another th another thing to kind of... Another couple things about this that is um, bothering me before I go on to why I'm being so curmudgeonly grumpy and all that about what about like for example the ghost of the black dahlia she's meant to haunt a hotel that she was at once yeah. so how was one visit to a site enough for her to imprint herself onto it i visit a lot of places and i don't expect that my presence will be felt for any longer than i was in a room unless i had gas even <laughs> if <laughs> even if i was in a highly emotional state if that yeah. were the case Every single building in sight would be haunted by so many fucking different people. It would be insane. Yes. Also, what is the time limit for these recordings? Because surely, like her battery, the energy would drain eventually. If it worked like everything else in the universe, energy depletes unless other energy is used to boost it. There are no self-sustaining energies, only slowly decreasing ones and ones that steal energy from something else, like cyclical or recycling energy, rather than magically staying at maximum power energy. Melanie wants to interject. I want to interject. Um, I have kind of an answer for one part of that. Okay. From, from again, which is perspective. As somebody who's done a medium thingy. 
if you believe in ghosts, ghosts become more active. So it's like that whole, your your thinking of it gives it power. Yes. Okay, fine. That's fine. But that's let's. <laughs> that's not based in a scientific. No, no, no. not at all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in no way saying that this is is verifiable or chartable or graphable in any way. And I know um, that about you. But this is the yes. problem that I'm getting into. The reason I'm so annoyed is because it is dressed up as science. It, it is yeah. fucking not science. You cannot call it science. You are not doing scientific research. It is a belief. You can believe it. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Don't call it science. It's like crossing the streams. Don't do that. You have to comply <laughs> with certain rules for something to be scientific. And this theory does not follow any of those rules. Yes. That said, I'm not saying that we don't omit some kind of energy or have a way of sensing those energies. I have admitted to you on this very podcast that I believe that I think energies can be sensed in an environment. But in those instances, a human being is using their senses to feel the room, not a brick. It is intuitive, not scientific. If you can prove that this energy exists using scientific methodology, scientific methodology we're getting somewhere okay i'm also not saying that people witnessing a haunting are not witnessing what they're seeing i'm not denying your experiences what i'm saying is that the explanation given by the so-called parapsychologists the theory of residual hauntings is complete bullshit it is not a satisfactory satisfactory explanation because it is based on a series of unproven assumptions right i can see by your nodding that you get me so i'd like written in my notes like make sure melanie understands that i'm not being a bitch (laughs) no no i totally get it it's it's not so much that you are not willing to like hear it out but if you dress up something like that as science it's it's offensive yeah, exactly. It is offensive. It is offensive is the word that I, yeah. I cut out because I thought it sounded harsh, but that is it. It's offensive. Now, there are actually more scientific theories which can be applied here. For example, in, sim- in simulation theory, which is where we are all in an artificial reality controlled by outside forces, So uh, in simulation theory, those ghosts could be glitches in the simulation. In theories which question the idea of linear time, ghosts could actually be moments being witnessed by people in another point in time, but that because we are not following a straight line, multiple times are occurring at the same time, like if time was a spiral or a donut or something like that. In theories which suggest that there are multiple dimensions, ghosts could be from another parallel or mirroring dimension and by the way these these ideas are scientific methodologies sorry scientific theories that are uh, to try to explain and explore existence in general and i've suggested how this would affect the explanations for a paranormal phenomenon all right so i've i've taken my knowledge of those theories of existence and applied them to paranormal um theory so i'm not saying that ghosts do not exist 
and that they cannot exist in multiple places at the same time. What I am saying is that there has to be in some way some real reasoning behind a theory for it to be called science. Otherwise, like I said, it's just a belief. And that's fine. Like I said, believe it. Just don't call it science. Yeah. Um, the idea that places can absorb energy and replay it like a projector, if you just really think about it, doesn't that just sound utterly ridiculous to you? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> but if any part of that theory, any part of the, like I said earlier, my, like, I think it was like six steps of, um, bullshit that I said right at the beginning, it was like a list of six things. If any one of those things can be proven in a lab environment, I would just be, I would be chuffed. That would be great. But unless you can say to me, it can be proven and that this is the process by which perceived hauntings occur in this way, unless you can say that to me, I'm going to have to call bullshit on it because it's not, it's not based on anything. It's just a belief. I'm going to put it in my superstitions and belief pile and that's where it belongs yeah. and that's fine. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm not here to be so arrogant or horrible to say that you're not allowed to believe in, in something. But my problem is when people go on television programs, they write books, they, you know, do podcasts and shit like that, call themselves something parapsychologists, they call themselves sciencey sounding names, they use technology, they use sciencey sounding things. They are not yeah. scientists. They are, they are not scientists. They are peddlers of superstitions, but they're using scientific terminology. So that's my rant. I'm not saying that residual haunting theory is bullshit. I'm saying that residual haunting theory, scientific theory, is bullshit. Yeah, and it cannot be proven. It cannot be proven. So it's a belief. I believe, you have to say, I believe in residual hauntings, not residual haunting is the scientific reason behind. It's not. Stop calling it science. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It, 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 that's fine. <laughs> but actually <laughs> thinking about when you break it down, the whole idea of us, uh, us projecting an energy that then gets absorbed by inanimate objects is actually utterly ridiculous anyway. So I'm looking for other ideas. Um, I personally like the ones that I listed. So the three that I listed are my three favorites. Simulation theory, uh, that time isn't linear, and multiple dimensions. Those three are the ones that come closer to my idea of what I think ghosts might be. Okay. Um, because I don't deny people, like I said, I don't deny people's experiences. I do believe that people see ghosts. I just think that what we think ghosts are, are not the spirits of human beings dead. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So. Yes. I I love those theories. I think those theories are super fun. But again, as, as somebody who, who has dabbled in the medium world, and again, I never did it for money. I never did it for, for any sort of financial gain. I was never trying to hoodwink anyone this was just me trying to experience as much of the paranormal world as I could, gobbling it up and learning about it in first-hand experience. Like as I did as well. People might not know this, but like I like I sound like I poo-poo on it all, but I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah. We did seances in your room. Yeah. Like no, a few times. Yeah. I, I'm coming from a very educated point of view in terms of paranormal exploration and you know study like yeah get that very very clear to people i'm not coming from someone that has never sat in a <laughs> in a fucking seance or a yeah. haunted building you know no yeah but sorry please continue 
if you can remember. So, your do, you, do you want to hear my little yes, my I do. thing? All right. So, when it comes to multi-haunts, for me, there was a lot to consider. Who's most likely to haunt multiple locations? Celebrities, famous people, historical figures. Why? Well, I have some theories and thoughts on that. What I'm about to start talking about is not research theory. This is all me. It's just the opinion and experience of a medium, energy worker, and witch. So bear with me. In my experiences, from what I've, I've seen, what I've felt, hauntings are not what you think or the average person thinks. Without getting too long-winded, I believe that energy is alive, for lack of a better word. So don't, don't roll your eyes at me. I didn't. <laughs> No, she didn't. All right. It grows, it learns, evolves, and reacts. So like we talked about with uh, haunted objects is episode nine. When you walk into a room and you're immediately put at ease or you want to run screaming, you felt the energy of that place, right? As a witch, it's my job to assess and shift energies to make life situations or places just better. Um, A lot of the time, it's the living that haunt places, when we mourn, cry, scream, or love in a place, it's, well, well, it's like smoking cigarettes in the house. At first, it's something you're not really immediately noticing. You've already, you're already accustomed to the uh, smoke, the smell of the smoke. Uh, you clean up the ashtrays, but ash still gets spilled. You don't really notice because the big messes aren't in your view. Over time, though, the walls and the ceiling have yellowed. There's a thin, barely perceptible layer of grime on literally everything. That's what your energy does to a home, although on a much harder to see scale. So if over the course of the years, one has suffered abuse in a home, regardless of how clean, well-kept, brightly decorated, whatever, there will be at least one place in that home where you feel that fear, desperation, and rage. And sometimes that fear, rage, what have you, is so strong that it gains sentience. So it's not, it's not a replaying of the situation. It's just this palpable mood of, of, anger or sadness or fear it is not nor was it ever the soul of a dead person in almost every haunting that i've encountered that's what i get Mm. that's what i'm walking into so it's it's living energy gaining sentience through extreme and 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 i want to emphasize extreme not just like your everyday walking down the hallway to take a piss kind of energy but like Mm. extreme emotional energy accumulated So same goes for positive energy. If your grandmother was a beacon of light and love, then she has infused her home, her garden, her books, her gifts with that energy. It could be like she's sitting beside you smiling as you cook a cherished recipe from her cherished cookbook. So what does this have to do with celebrities and multi-haunts? With multi-hauntings, I've noticed two things. Mostly they're residual hauntings, like you said. Um, A ghost encounter where the spirit seems to be reenacting a moment of their life. The second thing I notice is that they seem to haunt the biggest or grandest places of their experiences. So my theory as to why celebrities and historical figures may have so many hauntings is twofold. They lived tragic lives and deaths, and they were so completely in the public eye that fans can assume to know and create a shimmer of that energy. Like when I was reading about Elvis, so many people were like, and I can relate to this. I know him. I can feel this because I know it. And when you go into a place with that, you're already assuming an almost empathic sense of that person. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I would explain that as you're manifesting a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
Yes. Like if you're already kind of susceptible to it because you're going, oh, I'm in this house, you know, you're going to see Elvis. 100%. Yes. So, for example, Elvis, his life was was fucking crazy. All right. Everyone watched his decline in pretty gruesome detail, which only made him spiral harder. Watching people watching him spiral. Mm -hmm. Not great. When he died, so many people mourned. And not only did they mourn, they mourned hard. They hit his haunts with one of the strongest emotions ever. Grief. And not only that, he was a sex icon. So you mix grief and unrequited lust and (laughs) drugs and all this shit. And you've essentially just taken a giant psychic turd on the carpet of the Knickerbocker Hotel. (laughs) Where he stayed in suite 1016 posed for Heartbreak Hotel, and stayed there while shooting Love Me Tender. Knickerbocker Hotel we'll get into when we do a Haunted Hotel episode, because I got a lot to say, because a lot of it's bullshit. Yeah, because I was going to interject there, because just just for the sake of balance, (laughs) Melanie, I know you'll agree with me on this, when it comes to famous people's haunting places. Yes. 99.9% of the time, it's public relations related as in it's it's ways to get people to come and stay in the hotel oh elvis stayed here once took a famous photograph so why don't we say he's haunting here and people will continue to come back well the nicarbuckle hotel is funny because it's actually it's it's horrifying right now it's it is so decrepit and just ghastly to to look at or be near it's just nothing but negativity people did die there people are said to have seen marilyn monroe there i think um, that that's the hotel where the black dahlia is meant to be if i'm honest probably it was it was really well known for people going there to do lots of drugs and drink a lot of alcohol the francis uh shit uh another famous older actress was arrested there having just like a major alcoholic fucking uh yeah. episode there um, but there, there was a period of time there where it was really well known and it was nice and it was upscale, hence uh, Elvis having been there for photo shoots and what have you. Um, he's not even one of the ghosts that was most often peddled as being the ghost to contact there. Because mm-hmm. I think by the time he died, the Knickerbocker Hotel was already in straight decline. Yeah, it's from the like the golden era of Hollywood. It's more like the people from like the 20s, 30s, and 40s that really yeah. liked being there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> my point I just, here you know. with <laughs> my point here with Elvis is that regardless of his actual soul or spirit haunting a place, people through mourning or desperation have brought the semblance of his spirit to exist in different places by just wanting to see it there. And you get thousands of people going to a place with the explicit intention of seeing a spirit there. Something will show up there. And I don't think it's Elvis, um, but something resembling Elvis or giving people the feeling of being Elvis, I believe is there. Again, I don't think it's actually Elvis. I think it's just something that people accidentally created in the semblance of. Couldn't you say that the same? I mean, I'm I'm agreeing, um, and I'm saying that you could say that the same about a church because, in the same way that you expect to experience God in a church, and therefore yes. the church radiates a godliness, 
when you go to a place that you are expecting to experience Marilyn Monroe, that place will radiate Marilyn Monroe-ness. Yes, absolutely. And and one of the things that I, I wanted to write down and I, I forgot to, um, but you reminded me of is faith. So when you you want scientific fact to back these things, totally get that. I 100% only, get that. Only when they want to call it a science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But faith is effective. The, the difference between two people who are both dying of a terminal illness and one who has faith in God that they will get better is statistically actually more likely to get better. Mm-hmm. And not because God intervened, but because by having that faith, your body actually puts in more work. You, without recognizing your intentions, are putting more work into getting better but if you don't have faith you just sort of give up yeah the the effect of the mind over the body is incredibly profound and we learn more and more and more about it every single you know study yeah so faith is tremendous and you can put faith in the dumbest of things and get responses Mm -hmm. like seeing elvis in your bathroom if i focused the shit out of that and had like Thousands of people come into my bathroom and be like, dude, Elvis is in my bathroom. Eventually something like similar to or giving the the vibe of Elvis, people will be like, oh, I feel it. You know, they don't have to see anything. They just feel it because there's the power of suggestion as well. There's the power of suggestion. So, no, absolutely. But the power of suggestion is like faith and it's 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 effective. Is what I'm saying. So, okay, on the, on the other side of that, um, Elvis also lived in such an amped up way, whether by drugs, alcohol, or stress of living and declining so publicly, that his residue, his imprint, his the energy that he left around is a fucking bullhorn. Mm. So places like, yeah, so like the hotels and the different places where they could see him, I believe, yeah, that's that's other people bringing something to it. But then I do believe that in his own home in Graceland, uh, his his Graceland mansion is said to have quite a few ghosts there. He haunts quite a few places on that mansion or in that on that estate in that mansion. Words functioning. (laughs) Um, And most of them, I think, are bullshit. (laughs) But there there are one or two where I'm like, no, I get that. I completely get that. I don't doubt that his room is dreary as fuck. No matter how clean and beautiful and well-kept they keep it, the energy is supposed to be pretty gnarly if you have any sort of... Uh... Sensitivity? Yeah, like sight or sensitivity, exactly. But again, I would put that down to suggestion. Yeah, and and I have another thing. I'm, I'm almost done here. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, so his spirit is most often seen in his Graceland home. Mm. Can you guess what room he is most believed to be seen in? Um, God. Um, didn't he have like a cinema room? He did have a cinema room but with a really a... creepy ceramic monkey. Yeah. Super creepy. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. why I'm remembering that room. The t- the bathroom by any chance? The kitchen. Oh. <laughs> okay. 
So in a home so madly decorated and specifically designed, the kitchen is a place that immediately feels like home. So you can walk through the the, the mansion and it's it's ooh and ah and oh, how neat and how bizarre and how eccentric. But you go into the kitchen and immediately people are just put at ease and they feel like calm and comforted and at home. Whereas the rest of the house has slightly more of a manic energy to it. It has a, a museum-like quality to it, but the kitchen feels good. I have a phrase for that. It's function over aesthetic. Yes, and it was also a place where he he had most of his most personal meetings. People are said to see him kind of leaning against a counter and chatting with uh, with other people that they may or may not see. Some people will just see Elvis just sort of like casually going, oh yeah, man, I love that. Or they'll see him like speaking at other things. I don't believe they physically see Elvis, but I do believe that the kitchen probably does feel considerably warmer than the rest of the house. Uh, there's a residual haunting near his pool. People said they see like a party going on. I don't know about that. But there was this one guy who was just, he wrote this whole blog about how passionately connected he felt to, to Elvis. And, uh, <laughs> I don't want to like make fun of this guy. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to. I will not mention his name. It was, but it was a nice blog. It was well written. But he said that um, he was mentioning all the different places, and he said that he's he's uh, a spiritualist, and he saw the the party at the pool and all of his things. But one of the ones that he that hit him the hardest was walking off of the Lisa Marie plane. He said when walking through the plane that it felt great, like a little party plane. But walking off the plane, you immediately got hit with a panic like an anxiety and a panic energy. And he said that it felt like the fear of getting off a plane and just being bombarded with paparazzi. So this is more of an empathetic response. Or bullshit. My, my, yeah, yeah. My, I mean, as as an empath, I get that, though. Like, I could probably sit there and be like, yeah, that, I feel that that feels unpleasant. Yeah, but it just um, but sounds gonna... made up. It just sounds made it, up. It, it, no, it's it sounds... Now, again, as an empath, I believe that he felt that, but I also believe that he already had it in his mind, whether he recognized it or not, yeah. to feel that, to be aware that Elvis would be feeling really shitty walking down the plane, uh, out of the plane and into paparazzi. Like he had that in his mind as something that he, that Elvis didn't like. So he put it there to feel that unpleasantness for him kind of thing. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Um, Las Vegas Hilton is also believed to be haunted by the king. It was a frequent venue during his career and also the last place he ever performed in 1976. His ghost has been seen in the penthouse suite, which was once a giant floor. <laughs> that was the best face I've ever seen. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. I've been making faces when you weren't looking. Nice. Um, and that's the first time you caught me. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. That was great. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, now I'm gonna like keep looking over at the screen. Like, fuck. So his ghost was seen in a penthouse suite where he once stayed, and the penthouse used to cover the entire uh, floor, but now it's been broken up into a few different rooms, so they'll see all this moving from one room to the next. Mm-hmm. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting, though not particularly haunting oriented, is that there are bullet holes everywhere. Well, in the room? 
Yeah, because apparently Elvis was a fan of shooting the television instead of changing the channel. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did that in his own home. I didn't realize he did that at a hotel. Uh-huh. Um, there's a private elevator that he used to avoid the paparazzi and said that he, that one's haunted, too. I'm rolling my own eyes. But it has a bullet hole in there, too, because right. he just felt like shooting his elevator. I just thought that was kind of, like, weird. <laughs> Strange relationship with firearms, Mr. Elvis Presley, but anyway. Right? So <laughs> the last thing I want to mention, because I thought it was funny, is going back to his home in Graceland. He had a recording studio on his own property. Uh, so my favorite is that in his Graceland recording studio, the actress Paz de la Huerta, Huerta says that Elvis's ghost gave her an orgasm. I've listened to another podcast. I won't name drop it, but there's a podcast um, that's hosted by um, a drag queen that talked about people that have had sexual experiences with ghosts. And yeah. he had a guest on that... Um, had said that she'd had the best sex of her life or something like that with a ghost. It's probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life, but... Oh, yeah. You know. She she said that she didn't actually have sex with a ghost, with Elvis, but that she had such a huge crush on Elvis, and she went into the recording studio just sort of, like, excited, you know? Because mm-hmm. she's, she's a modern actress. This happened, like, maybe a couple years ago. And that her boyfriend was jealous, or she was worried that her boyfriend was jealous, which was ridiculous, because Elvis is, like, super dead, so, like, why are you jealous? And she went into the recording studio and then just felt him, like, touch her. Just just touch, not, not in any kind of, like, vibrator-type way, just, like, touch her. But uh, she was just filled up with the energy, and uh, she came. So. Yeah! <laughs> I'm not disputing her experience, but I'm kind of not believing it at the same time. I Elvis without getting... has no interest in making people come. I'm just saying. No, but I can say to you that it's entirely possible to make yourself have an orgasm mentally because I've yeah. done it. So nice. I won't go into details because that would be telling, but girls can have wet dreams too oh yeah so you know just saying saying. (laughs) the power of mind is quite profound (laughs) and it knows what it likes (laughs) and she liked Elvis so yeah I got my little bit out I feel good I I think I was a little bit all over the place I apologize for that but did that make sense Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, like, I'm not trying to pass it all off as science. I'm not even saying that you have to believe me. But from in my experience, energy is very very malleable and receptive. Uh, I think that it can be applied to certain criteria. Um, Sorry, it can be applied to certain haunting types, but not necessarily all. No, this was me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, this this was me kind of specifically on on these certain topics. Um, yeah. Someday I want to do an episode. Well, somebody asked asked me if I wanted if I could do an episode just talking about some of my own personal ghost stories. So I do have that on the list, and and kind of go into my own sort of form of mysticism. 
yeah, I do accept that there doesn't have to be one explanation for all ghosts. That would be yeah. stupid. You know, there's there's often multiple things going on at the same time. There's often multiple explanations for things. Well, not not multiple explanations for the same thing, but multiple explanations for congruent things, if you will. So. Yeah. Uh, the data can be messy because there could be seven or eight different things happening to the data kind of thing. And you have to try to sort them out, which is why it's so difficult, I think. But overall, It will never be proven. Like, it's impossible to prove. No, no, exactly. And I'm not trying to say that I, in order for me to believe something, there has to be proof of it. That would be defeating the purpose of faith which she mentioned however if you are going to tout something as science it has to be science that was my argument from the beginning um not 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 that i you know not the belief itself but the the definition of residual hauntings i dispute um and certain fabrics getting fucking uh infused with energy is such bullshit no, no, it, 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 it infuriates me to no end when I hear parapsychologist. Just the term parapsychologist is is annoying to I me. Used to, I used to want to be a parapsychologist when I was yeah. like 11. That was my dream. You don't question the term when you want to, you know, embody those, you know, when you want to study those things. You don't think, where did that term come from? Yeah. But if you actually think about it, they shouldn't be allowed to call themselves that. They shouldn't. Just yeah. paranormal researcher is fine. You Unless know. you're actually going into a place to work with the emotional energy of a place. Because then it's like psychology. You're using psychological tactics and less... Uh, yeah, uh, you can't use psychological and psych, you know, thing on fucking ghosts. I'm sorry, you can't. Only on people. Only on living people. It's not science. It's not science. You can use a thing parallel to or comparable to psychology, but you cannot use psychology because the energy is not, or energy, if you want to call it that, is not a reciprocal human It's being. not receptive. and it, Yeah, it's, it's not physically talking to you, but you can use aspects of psychology, no, knowledge of how emotion works. Just throwing yeah, that but out there. But do you not understand you would only be reading yourself? In those circumstances, you would only be able to read what reactions you're having to things because there is actually nothing reacting to it, to you. You're you're talking to an empty room. Everything that is going on is inside your head. So any reaction would be inside your mind. Whether you believe that that's coming from a ghost or from your own mind, I'm not saying is, I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is, you cannot call that psychology because psychology occurs between one sentient human and another sentient human. There needs to be another term for what is going on okay, in yeah, an empty no, okay. I agree that there needs to be another term for it, but using um, from what I learned, have learned of psychology is what I use going into those situations. Um <clears throat> So, and yeah. I would argue again that you're reading your own reactions. Yes, I'm reading my own reactions to understand what it is I'm reacting to. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a cycle, it's like circular argument, a circular thing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, 
this is where I get really, really um uh not so uh pedantic. Yeah, so I, I, I don't get hung I up on the really words. Annoying. So that's, <laughs> that's our difference. I don't get hung up on the words so much. <laughs> I, 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 I know I what know I know how important terminology and words are, so and I understand that, but I also know that in my experience there aren't actual words yet for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Stop lack stealing of a science's word, words is what I'm saying. <laughs> fair enough. For <laughs> lack of a better word. Yeah. I exactly. use psychological I uh, 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 method. Yeah. Stop calling it energy. Start calling it spirit. Stop calling it psychology and call it intuition. I don't care, but don't use scientific terms. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, not you. Stop fighting now. I love you. you. Stop yelling oh, no. at me. I'm I'm saying I'm saying that the community of not 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 you specifically because you're just yeah. a product of the community. There's nothing to be. You can't take responsibility for that. It's just yeah. that I'm calling to the community of paranormal researchers to come up with their own terms yeah. because it's confusing to people. Um, and right now scientists are having a really hard time. Um, being heard and listened to as the experts that they are because so many other things have devalued and um, de sort of made scientists not as trustworthy in the eyes of people and I think that it's led to a lot of problems including the environmental bullshit that we're in at the moment because it's just people don't actually understand how I just things have gotten so muddy that it's hard for people to see what the truth is. Yeah. So if people could just start using terminology and and you know, if, uh, be more careful with our words in general. Hmm? Be more careful with our words in general. Yeah, and it, you know, stop stop touting one idea as um something that it isn't because it makes it makes the whole community discredited yeah you know, it's, it's it's it it's, it's the same with, with any discipline bad. it's making us all look bad yeah it's the same with any community really you get a bunch of charlatans calling you know things the wrong terms and all of a sudden you've got the average joe is confused by what's up and what's down and that's not fair so it's not fair on anyone and now we have a, a whole generation of idiots that don't believe the experts when the experts say something because they're so used to seeing people on Discovery Channel talking about aliens calling themselves scientists. Yeah, fair enough. There, that's my little spiel. <laughs> <laughs> Call a spade a spade. <laughs> so if you want to yell at us about what words we should and should not use please hit us up on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Zombie Fishbowl or Zombie Fishbowl Podcast. We're easy enough to find. Also, if you have any subjects you would like for us to talk about, revisit, or if you want to yell at us about anything we've talked about today or in the past, please hit us up at zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com. It's time to choose a topic. It is. It's time. It's time. Do you want to sing the song this week, Melanie, or is it for me to sing? Pick a topic, pick a topic, topic, please. I want to know what I'll be talking about next week. Please pick a topic. That's awesome. Okay. I got <laughs> so um, distracted that I didn't um, 
click on on result. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you might like this smell, Nick, because it's kind of really quite serendipitous. Horror films. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. We are so, so all over the place with our topics. <laughs> it's um. I mean, you know, it's within our, the remit of our interests, and we've spoken yeah, yeah. many times about horror films. So yeah. I mean, it's nice. like I said, it's serendipitous because in this episode you mentioned it earlier, and also in the last episode we mentioned horror films. So yeah, we might as well have a horror films episode. Yeah. Oh, and I was thinking, um, maybe like after a year of this, we can cycle some of the topics back into our list. Uh, so can we revisit with like new mermaid stories or like mermaid stories that we didn't get to or uh, haunted battlefields that we maybe thought of afterwards that were better than what we did. So that way we don't completely lose all these topics because some of them are really good and I'd like to talk more about them. We can also go through and highlight which ones we want to do mini-sodes on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could do that. So every time we've had a topic, we could take it out of the list, but then put it on the mini-sode list. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so we will do horror films. Also, just as a, as an aside, um, one of our listeners, Vance, also requested this term. So shout out to that listener who is now hopefully going to be quite chuffed that we're going to talk about his chosen topic. Yeah. Also, I really wanted to give a quick super uh, shout out. Thank you to everyone who has uh, left us some reviews, left us some stars, and subscribed to us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. If you haven't done it yet, I hate you. No, I'm just joking. Um, but please go there. Please subscribe. Uh, give us stars. Give us reviews. Give us love. Affection. Yes, please. Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much to everyone who has done so. Uh, Solentic Explorer and horse raccoon both of you you are my friends and i love you oh very cute for some reason i can't see the reviews in the uk so i'm gonna have to find out why i can't see those those reviews at my end but we'll see that's probably yeah. an itunes thing so selenitic selenitic explorer the, the explorer of selenicity so thank you <laughs> sorry I'll screenshot it and, and send it to you and you'll be like, dude, you could pronounce that way easier. You're stupid. Yeah, but good. I think you already did. You did screenshot that one for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yay, horror movies. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna have so many movies to talk about. I'm gonna have to figure out how not to just talk about movies, but to move and go into okay, I got ideas. Never mind. So do we have a quote for the week? Yes. <laughs> this quote is by Lawrence Felinghetti, the American poet. Have you heard of him? Not at all. Google him. He's fun. And this quote is, if you're too open-minded, your brains will fall out. Nice. <laughs> nice. A Love sentiment it. which I agree with. <laughs> There is it's such thing that offends too... me. Well, there is such thing as too open-minded. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that wraps it up for our awesome multi-haunt episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, don't forget, don't panic. Don't panic. 
Right. Bye. I love you. Bye.